Bluff City NIL is an official partner of Coaching for Literacy, a nonprofit organization using the power of sports to impact childhood literacy. You can read more about them at coachingforliteracy.org or follow them on social media at Coaching for Literacy. Uh, your donations to Bluff City NIL are 100% tax deductible because of our partnership together. So we thank you for supporting Memphis Tiger student athletes and helping promote the monumental cause of childhood liter- literacy. Welcome to Tigers Untapped, a Bluff City Media podcast. Stepping up to the microphone are your hosts, TJ Willis and Trey Leslie. Pull up your chair, grab your favorite brew, and enjoy the conversation. Now, let's get to the show. Boom, what up? TJ, what's going on? What a week, 2-0. I know, right? Ooh. Yeah. Mm, been a about while. to be three and zero after we crush these. About to be three and zero after we crush a tall one. Tell the folks what we have tonight. Hey, we're getting on the tonight. we're getting on the pint train these days, which is good. Got these pints. Yeah, these are big boys. Gentle Giant. This is uh, Crosstown Gentle Giant Imperial Rice Lager. Is this our first rice lager? Yeah, I think there's only two in Memphis that I know of. So we haven't done the other ones. So here we are, Gentle Giant. It's a collab by Crosstown. You see that on the can? I did. Dextrous Robotics. There is a there's a robotic theme going on in uh, in the can. We'll show that later. You think it's dextrous? Do you think I pronounced that correctly? Um, I don't know because there is a barcode sticker over. Oh, you one of those? I can't. I can't. I'm assuming you did. If you had asked me if you spelled it correctly, I would say probably not. But Pretty Probably good not. About, That's a uh, fair assessment. Pronunciation of things. Hmm. Okay. I promise we'll change it up. We did uh, Crosstown last week, and here we are Crosstown again this week. Wow. It just happened. That's right. So kind of. Yeah. That's <laughs> right. See, that's right. Just reach in and grab one. That's right. See. All right. Hmm. Two and zero. Oh, Tige. Tigs. We Man. thought. After Sunday, they were going to be in lone first place, but freaking the Temple Owls hoot hooting down in Houston, pull off the up, upset. Who would have saw that coming? I think you did actually. You texted no, me. I was a, that in was a sarcastic. A, that was a joke. I uh, did not. Yeah, think a sarcastic banner <laughs> was going to pull that off at all. So we are technically, I guess, a half game behind them, but that's only because yeah. they've played one more game. But. Uh, We'll hold the tiebreaker over them for now. So currently in second, Houston with their first conference loss. Hey, we are, uh, I don't know if you know this, we have the longest winning streak in the conference right now at three games. That's pretty good. Who'd have thought? I'll take Who'd that have thunk? any day. Who'd have thunk it? I don't know. Everybody's yeah. losing, I guess. Three games is not a very long streak, but I'll take it. No, it's not. But when everyone's good, what are you going to do? Right, Ryan. Ryan Passner has told us everyone's good. These games aren't easy to win. Ryan so. Passner. Yeah, is that a combo of uh, Ryan Silverfield and Josh? Yeah, it's more so just making a friend of our, making a joke of our friend Charlie. Um. All right. So uh, what was that last Thursday? Ten point victory over Wichita. Not bad. I mean, you got a huge game out of uh, DeAndre twenty nine and fifteen 
out of oh. DeAndre the other night. He was actually uh, AAC Player of the Week. I don't know if you saw that. His first one of the year. Averaged 27 and a half uh, points a game. The big fella. So, heck of a week out of DeAndre. And then you got 20 out of KD, who went 4 of 5 from 3 against the uh, Shockers the other night, which was a nice nice thing to see. We've kind of been watching that all year where you know he's been – sub 30 percent most of the year so good to see some uh some shots falling for him especially from outside so 20 from KD, and then you got 16 from uh Keontae, who's kind of at least these last couple of games kind of stepped up in that third uh you, everybody's been talking about it all year who's the third scorer he had 16 uh wichita state and then not as big of a number sunday against cincinnati but some crucial buckets that he hit and ended up with 10 uh, against Cincinnati, but that Wichita State game, I mean, they are just not, they are not the, uh, Wichita teams of, of the last couple of years. I don't know that Isaac Brown's going to last, uh, much longer over there in Wichita, Kansas. Yeah. I think it's not the days of Greg and I think it's pretty obvious. It is not. The They've days also of added, Greg. that is not, this is not the Wichita program that ALO committed to. No, it, they've had a lot of turnover there, players wise. Like if you if you think back of all the guys that have come and gone, come and gone, it, it's a lot. I guess somehow even probably more than Memphis, honestly. And that's after a complete clean slate of last year. Yeah. So they've definitely lost a lot over there. Yeah. So a good double digit win. I think the line was right at ten and a half. I want to say I will, Coach Hardaway, for listening. Don't. Don't make us dribble the ball out with 30 seconds left because I had us minus 10 and a half and we won by 10 because you made us dribble the ball out. So love the dub. Would have loved a uh, paycheck dub, though, too, from uh, DraftKings. But, uh, I mean, they did what they needed to do. You shoot 45% from the field, 38 from three-point land, 80 from the free throw line. You got a a 10-point win at home. You got to protect home court. We have not lost at home this year. Um might be the only team in conference it's undefeated at home but uh a good win at home and then sunday the big one i i'll be honest we talked about it last week i didn't feel great about it uh it just felt like a situation where it's kind of a going into it it feels like a game you have to win and recently i've kind of felt like when we get in those situations we don't win but they proved me wrong. They led for – do you know how long they led for, TJ? Uh, three minutes, maybe. Since he, yeah. It was uh, – we led for just over 36 minutes. So, I want to – since he was like three minutes and 48 seconds or something, they had a lead. I mean, you, you controlled yeah. the game basically from start to finish. Obviously, there was the one, one – uh, one run that since he went on in the second half where they ended up tying it 50 all, I think. But then after that, you got the lead right back and never gave it back up. So, I mean, a pretty dominant performance on the road. I mean, uh, if you look at anything good, if I had to pick one good thing, I mean, I would say it's that it's leading for 36 minutes of a basketball game uh, on the road at probably one of the, I mean, that and Houston, I think, are probably going to be your two toughest road games or two toughest. Obviously, there was a snowstorm. It was a little thinner of a crowd. The Bengals were playing, so 
maybe not the uh, raucous environment that you're used to over there at what is it fifth third arena or whatever um, fifth thirds yeah but definitely probably one of the tougher road games you'll have uh so good to see the ticks pull that one out um another we talked about a little bit another big game out of deandre 26 and 8 uh 100% from the free throw line good game out of uh Kendrick 21 six assists five boards um 12 of 14 from the free throw line kind of dropped off a little bit one of four from three so after that four of five night the other night kind of took a step back one of four and then again Keontae 10 points uh we already mentioned that a couple big shots he had that uh thank goodness up in Cincy the banks are open on Sundays during snowstorms because uh he threw up one right there at the the buzzer that banked in late in the second half. That was a pretty clutch three. But all around, I mean, a great game. Um, if there was one thing good that stood out to you, what would it have been? Um, without going the obvious of Kendrick and DeAndre, I would say even this is actually kind of going back to the last two games, so Wichita State and Cincinnati. And I think it's been the play of Keontae Kennedy and Elijah McCadden even. Um, you know, those are two guys that, you know, we've kind of had higher hopes for. I think we've been trying to figure out what McCadden is really for this team. You know, um, with Alo being out, they're obviously filling in, getting more minutes. Uh, McCadden, let's see, during out-of-conference play, 4.8 points, three rebounds, one assist, and that is in 18 minutes. He's now up to 29 minutes in conference play. Averaging 9.3 points, five rebounds, one assist. So, you know, that extra four to five points is seemingly the difference. Um, you know, the rest of it kind of is, you know, not that big of a gap difference, I wouldn't say. But those extra five points, I think, are definitely helping us out. You know, just doing some of the, the dirty stuff, grabbing a couple extra boards as well, and just being the big body out there, I think, is really helping us out. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you've touched on it with Keontae and his shooting. It's it's just been great to have those guys hot lately. And I think both of those guys, Keontae and Elijah, have both fallen into their roles and are doing it exactly what is needed of them. Right? Like you mentioned, Ayla going out, and now Elijah's kind of stepped up into that. I mean, he's Penny mentioned it the other night. He's getting the assignment of starting out on the other team's best offensive player. Um, so he, he got, uh, the first go at Landers the other day. I thought, <laughs> I thought we were about to be in and not to, I mean, Landers had a good game. He played fairly well. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. what finished Definitely. with 18, uh, he was three of seven from three point land shot just right around 50% from the field. But I thought we were in for a long day. They won the tip and literally 12 seconds in. Landers drops in a three right in our eye just to kick off the scoring. And then, <laughs> funny enough, that was the only three of the entire first half for Cincy. So, um, but no, that's Elijah, Keontae, both stepping in their roles, doing really well. I, I said I said this during the game the other day. One of the things that I've noticed with Elijah is his movement without the ball and his ability to cut to the basket. Like, his cuts to the basket are elite level. He is always finding a lane, an open lane, Um that leads to a, a pass from Katie or whoever it may be for an open sure. layup. Like at least twice a game, he makes a great cut to the basket. Um, so yeah, playing playing defense and then just not out of, you know, not out of any sort of character or craziness on the offensive and just kind of taking what the defense has given them. So 
good to see the two of those guys, uh, Keontae and Elijah, kind of stepping into their roles and accepting those roles and understanding. With with Keontae, I mean, he had a rough start, I want to say, to to conference play shooting from the outside. But Mm -hmm. I looked it up earlier today. He is currently shooting nearly 40% from three in conference play. So through seven games, he's 39.3% from three, which is good. I mean, he's 11 of yeah. 28. I mean, I, th- I think that we've seen, and we both said this, pretty much every Tiger fan has said this, this, you know, this isn't an experienced three-point shooting team. Like, it's not a lot of guys. It's not going to be high-volume guys dropping three after three after three. But they are going to take that smaller sample size. They just kind of need to hit that 35, 36 mark, I think, as a team, and they'll be perfectly fine. And we saw that against Cincinnati. Yeah, I think that's kind five of, of 14, 35.7%. You're right there at that 35, that's, 36%. That's perfect, yeah. yeah. You do that, and then you do what they've been doing from the free throw line, which obviously a majority of this is Kendrick and his ability to get to the charity sure. stripe. But 20 of 24. I mean, we're consistently – that's 83.8%. I mean, you go back to Wichita State, I think we shot right at – we were 74%. Like, this is definitely one of the better in recent memory free throw shooting teams for Memphis. I mean, again, a lot of it is Kendrick and his ability to get to the free throw line, and he's a 90% free throw shooter, so that helps out a lot. But um, DeAndre was perfect from the line Sunday. Elijah – who I feel like is not the best free throw shooter was two of two. So um, if they can, like you said, hit five, six threes and then get to the line that many times and shoot 80 plus percent, you got to feel pretty good about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the things we had talked about too, defending the three, which obviously they did well. So that's a good, I mean, you held, uh, we already talked about obviously the first half, I think since he was one of 12 or something from three. Yeah. They, had, they shot a little bit better in the second half, but finished 6 of 24, 25%. And they were the best three-point shooting team coming into that game in the conference. So um, the conference. you did your job there. And then rebounding-wise, right, we talked about uh, Lakin and the seven-footer and how you're going to win the board battle, and you won it. I mean, I think what it ended yeah. up 34-31, so you won, a, you won the rebounding battle by three. Um so two things we said they needed to do, they did pretty well on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you kind of nailed it when we talked about the seven-footer. I'm not going to try to pronounce that guy's name, but just being able to win that battle is impressive in its own right because he was a guy that I was expecting to bring down double-digit boards um, and really just kind of crush us down there. And he did, I know, but I, I'm talking like – 17 18 like something dramatic yeah. just because the yeah. guy is so much larger than yeah. you know DeAndre and anyone else you really have down there that um, Well some of that too is I was expecting a blowout is how I think defensively coach Hardaway and and staff and team played since he right I mean they talked about running since off the line not letting their shooters get hot and they wanted Cincinnati to to utilize the paint and go into to Lakin like sure. He set a career high in points, 22, 22 points, 10 boards, but that was by design defensively. Like they were fine. Yeah, put it inside, try to beat us from there. We just don't want you shooting 38, 39% from three and hitting, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. 12, 13 threes on us. So um, a game plan that they came in with and executed, I would say, very well. Like you let him get his. And like we said, 
Landers had a decent game, but you know, they didn't get uh Adams was uh 0 of five, DeJulius was one of two, Landers three of seven, not a great night shooting. Um Davenport two of six, who freaking lit us up last year, right? Like just not a just you don't let those those guys beat you. You make them force it inside. So uh, a good executed game plan from uh Coach yeah. Arroway and the Tigers. Yeah, absolutely. If you could find anything bad about Sunday, what would it have been? Um, Not a whole lot of bad when you go on the road in conference to a a top 70 Ken Palm team and win. Yeah, especially since it wasn't like a huge fouling game, right? Like you, you fouled less than the other team. You won the rebounding battle. You still had um, – I was thinking about that. You had some foul trouble. DeAndre with four – Katie had three. Elijah you, you had did, three. But it wasn't it wasn't anything crazy, right? Yeah. You didn't have anyone foul out. You didn't have, you know, multiple guys on the fringe. Like I mean, I guess three counts. But yeah. It really was just DeAndre and, and the foul trouble. Um I I don't know. I, I I don't want to say it was a flawless game by any means. You still turned it over. Um uh, not that much. I think thirteen turnovers is great. Yeah. There's um Kendrick and Elijah both had four apiece, so you'd like to see yeah. that down a little bit. But, I mean, we've talked sure. about that before. You stay low double-digit, low teens, you're probably in a good spot. Yeah. So 13's not bad. I will say the one thing the, in this – the technicals. I'll, I'll say that, technicals. The stupid – Well, I'll go on the other the other side of that. The freaking officiating, dude. Uh, yeah, yeah. College refs are so bad. And that – Kendrick flop call for a technical was the worst call. And it should be, why is it not reviewable? I mean, that was good so obvious. Like, I get it. The ref maybe, you know, he's watching the ball in the air and then he sees Katie on the ground, so he's calling a flop. There wasn't, like, crazy contact. But you should be able to go and look at that and see, oh, okay, yeah, he landed on dude's foot. Like, we should have been shooting yeah. three free throws right there and not them getting – Technical no. free throws in the ball. I mean, that was such an atrocious call. Um, and then there were several. I think that's the one that got everybody. There were several. Well, that, that, that call was. There was that one. And then late in the game, when they tried to throw the. not It wasn't really an alley, but they tried to throw it down to uh, Lakin down low. And it was just a jump ball. And DeAndre got his hands on it first, gets it. They kind of bump bodies in the air. And then they call a foul on DeAndre. Yeah. And it's like, what? I mean, how. There's no. And no other arena in the country during a game is that a foul on deandre yeah and the, the freaking the joggles why was that here, like yeah that's you not give, a you give deandre I, that technical. landers can know, do the little he guy. can turn to our bench and do too small and that's not a technical like at least be consistent with it like yeah it's a stupid call yeah. but if you're gonna call it on deandre for joggles then call it on freaking landers i mean he did that i can't stand i feel like referees. all three times all three times he made a three i feel yeah. like or something he he did too little too little and it's just never called. Which is funny. Is what did it you, is. College did you read uh, or hear about the uh, back and forth with him and Katie? Why they both got their first technicals? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. About the jersey number yeah, situation. I'm, I'm in your jersey and doing playing better in it or something. Shout out to Katie for that. I know there were some reports. Yeah, some so, people were saying that Landers didn't walk through the handshake line, but contrary to popular belief, he, he did. did. He did. He and he and DeAndre are close. He and Penny are still 
good. So, Wishlanders. I like Landers. I'm not going to say anything bad about the guy. The best the rest of the year, except for when he comes into FedEx okay. form. I hope he goes over. Over. I will say this. This kind of reminds me, and it's not really relative, I guess, to right now, but more so to the 2024 season. Give me, like, if the Tigers can get a guy like Lakin, like, like, I would love that. Just a big man who's pulling down hella boards and can hit a three. Like, how fun would that be? Hit a three. When's He's literally hit one three all year. That's fine. We don't have that. Are you telling me that Malcolm's going to go out and hit a three? He probably shoots about the same as Lakin, yeah. I don't know. Stat check that. I'll tell you what, though. Stat he was 0-4 from the free throw line, and Malcolm ain't going 0-4 from the free throw line anymore. Yeah, I don't I don't want that. Leave the 0-for-free 0 0 throw guy. So that makes me – I'll ask you this. If you could have any one former – we'll say like the last couple of years. It has to be recent. That still could be playing college basketball. Tiger on this roster, who would it be? How recent? It has to be somebody that could still have college eligibility left. So we'll go back. They could be a fifth year this year if you wanted them to be. So go back five years. I don't know, dude. That's the first thing that came to mind doesn't have eligibility, and that'd be Kevon Davenport because I thought he was someone who was really good. Of all the, just didn't care <laughs> about basketball. Well, I'm just trying to go yeah, relative. I know, that like, just doesn't. I was not expecting relative that. tie frame. I think that he was someone who was good. He just didn't love basketball. I don't know. You put me he on the spot. I'm trying didn't. to cycle names. Uh, I've gone back and forth. I, like, I don't have a dongle. I can just flip over here and just. There's two that are still in college that I think about. I think about Damian Ball, who's on TCU. They're a top. Oh, I thought you were talking about big men. No, no, no. I said hey, I'm any tiger. It doesn't have to be a uh, big dude. Okay, okay, okay. But. Big men related. I've also thought about Musa being on this team as a as a senior. But I, I think, think the real Moose. answer here is just if Lester had come back. Yeah, I think Lester's the easy answer. Though, I mean, you got right? that three and D dude. Like, that's really all this. This team has Lester, and I think they're like elite eight, final four. Is that too much? That's too much, yeah. They're definitely better. But then there's also, like, you add Musa, and you got our true rim protector, and you're probably not getting destroyed on the boards all the time. I think Musa kind of got a raw deal when he was here because he was – he himself was quite raw. Oh, it's yeah. just like Talk a player, about raw. right? I mean, he was raw. He was the raw deal. He was the rawest of raws. We're talking, like, raw almond nuts. Like, you got to have roasted. Real we needed to be a little roasted. I think he's but roasted he, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's no, averaging he, he's like seven good. and nine or something. I think he got Big Twelve depoy right, like the next yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty good conference. He's averaging to get two and a half, two and a half blocks a contest. Yes, give me that all day. Yeah, and nine boards. Heck yeah. I still think the right answer. I kind of forget Lester though. It's still Lester. I kind of forgot about Musa just. I think because of his freshman campaign just being so, I guess, overshadowed, maybe forgotten kind of situation since he left. But Lester's the answer. Yeah. Definitely the answer. All right. Um, I'd say big week, but to be honest with you, TJ, it's really just not a big week. Like, 
No. It's kind of a meh, like a almost a rest feeling week, right? Like you got SMU at home Thursday. They are 182 in Kempom. And 2-10 in the net. I mean, what do you want me to say? Dude? You should win this game by SMU. 20 points. Get up, get up early. Give me one of those 22 nothing runs. Get Katie some – maybe – you think Malcolm comes back yeah. this week? No. No. I think – I think Malcolm, he got, he's almost Ayla there. were out for a hot second. I don't know that Ayla's coming back. That's not me having any inside information. Either. That's just me seeing the dude say it popped, and now he's on crutches and can't walk <laughs> still. So it's like, mm. I mean, there's some basketball left, but we're getting into February, and it's pretty late. It's like that ankle. Situation I don't know how from, how uh, quickly popped groins heal, but uh, I'd be surprised if Ayla was back. Yeah. I think I think Malcolm's almost there. The problem, the, what concerns me with Malcolm, is conditioning level. Like, yeah, has my dude been a lot been hitting games. up Will Coleman's cycle bar classes while he's been out to at least try to stay in some sort of cardiovascular shape? Like, because let's be real. Like, if he comes back, he's gonna be two trips up and down the floor, and he's gassed. So this to me feels like yeah. you work him back in slowly this this week. Maybe let him hit a cycle bar with Will on Saturday. Get back out there at the Tulsa game. Let him get a little cardio in. Work him back slowly. That way, I don't know. I don't think we'll get it. That way, because after Tulsa, you don't have it. You have the basically the week off, right? You don't play again until Tulane the next Saturday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to see a little bit know. of Malcolm. I, let him get some run up and down. But this to me, this week, SMU, that's your favorite by 15 right now on Kim Palm. 92% chance to win. And then at Tulsa, Tulsa may they are up there with worst teams we've played this season. They've lost what? Eight of their last nine <laughs> basketball games. Yeah, it's like eight straight. Yeah, something like that. Um They're pretty bad. I I don't know. With SMU, like in theory, yeah, you should be up pretty heavily on them. You should get to rest KD some. I, me personally, and I think that maybe some others would feel the same. That um, maybe get some more run for Demaria. I think would could be something we could look into, just due to the fact that you know we still haven't really understood his role, like what he is going to be as a player kind of situation. So I would. Uh, I would be curious just to see how that works out personally. All right. Uh, so you should go 2-0 this week from a – let's look at it from a tournament perspective where we currently stand. Have you looked at this today? Uh, not today, no. I looked at it the other day after we won. So we're up to 37th in Ken – or in uh, – not Ken Palm, in the net. So you're sitting at – Six and five in quad one and two, and nine and zero oh in three and four. So you, if you keep avoiding those three and four quad losses, you should be good. And both of these games this week, I think, are quad four. So absolutely have to win both of them. So you're sitting at thirty seven in the net. Ken Palm, you are currently sitting at thirty one, which is the highest we've been. 
since right before Tulane. So working your way back okay. up. Uh, that sure. puts you with Lenardi has us as, I think it was the eight seed. Double checking. I'm trying to look it up. I'm trying to look it up over here as well. Uh, no, the 10 seed, sorry. Playing Providence with Kansas as the two, which I wouldn't hate because Kansas looks very beatable right now. Lost three straight. Sure. So 10 seed by Lenardi. Uh, Jerry the Palm has us as the eight seed. Playing Mizzou with Purdue as the one, which I absolutely would hate because I don't want that. do not think we stand a chance with uh, the big man. Yeah. Edie and Purdue would eat mm-hmm. us alive. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Also, I think you and I are in full agreement on this. The 8-9 is like the worst possible. Absolutely. Seed, right? I would take a 12-seed. I think seed, that should be universal. 12-seed play-in game before I would want to be the 8-9. Sure. Well, some it depends. It's an extra game. It depends. Like, like, Palm has Kansas as a 1-seed still. If you were the eight nine against them, I wouldn't hate it. Uh, Bama, they're a one just, seed. We took them to the wire in Tuscaloosa. I wouldn't hate it. We hit one three. Yeah, with that was also the last shot of the game. Yeah, give us another shot. You also played pretty well that shot game. quality. Also said we win that game like seventy eight percent of the time because we took better shots. It's true. So I think I yeah you want to avoid the eight nine but. We'll see. Right now, we're we're pretty much. You do what you need to do from here on out. That's like, I think even if you lose both to Houston, but you win the other games, you should win. You're in. I definitely think they're in. Based off how they're playing now, obviously, if you, uh, I mean, look at the remaining games. Uh, I mean, you're you need to beat Temple. Your favorite in your next seven. Yeah. Or six. Your next six before you get to Houston. I mean, and this is, we've talked about it. This is right around where Coach Hardaway's team start reeling off like 12 or 14, that kind of thing. Like, sure. They win these next six. They're sitting on a nine game winning streak, having won 10 of their last 11, like going into the Houston game. You just saw Temple go down there and muck it up and beat them. So, like, you win these next six, I think you're really solidly in with an opportunity to just play basically for a higher seeding if you can split with Houston and then make the finals of the AAC tournament. So, looking at the rest of the schedule, what is the bare minimum you think the Tigers can win out? Like, you look at it, you're like, okay, you assuming everyone's healthy and things like that, you can beat ABC. How many wins do you think you can pull out? Total? Yeah, just total. I mean, in conference play, that is, without the tournament. I mean, realistically, looking at this, you should you should end up 14 and 4. The minimum should be 8, right? Minimum 8? Like, Yeah, like 8 of the next, uh, how many games are left? 13, something like that? I think, so, yeah, I don't know if it's that. Uh, I think you can lose three games. Yeah, 
But is that Houston, Houston? And then just Cincy? Or, or, or UCF? Yeah, you know? or something weird like Tyler lights us the heck up in no. Tampa. No. They're not lo- that, dude, that game should not be close. Even if it's there, I don't care. They're awful. So you have a, you have eleven regular season games left. I think you got to win. I would go eight. You can win eight of the your last eleven and be fine. Okay, that's where I'm at too. I realistically, I know that Houston just lost in to Temple, so they're clearly beatable. You know, things happen. Penny. I just and, don't uh, think we match up very well with Houston. No, I no, I, I fully agree there, but I also think that Penny and Houston just kind of Penny and Houston, uh, they just we do have a tough battle with yeah. Them. I mean, they always versa, he they gets struggle with us, yeah. we struggle with them. They they get up for it. We've talked about them playing up and down in their competition. Yeah. Even you know his first year when we had Scrub Della Scrub, like we competed. So I think you went eight of the last eleven, and you're pretty solidly locked in i'd agree with that but that that go like that's also like eight of the last 11 and you can't lose like at tulsa on sunday it can't it can't be a quad three or four loss you lose three quad one or two games you're fine i i think they need to beat ucf personally i think you just need to to break that right because that's a game they probably should have won in the first place yeah i mean uh, you Yes, you you can't. There, there's no sense of crying over spilled milk with stuff like that. I think they just need to go out, win their games, and, and beat UCF and kind of move on with the process. So just handle your business. Hopefully that they're not too focused on Houston and they drop another one to UCF, which is kind of a worry. But what are you gonna do? Yeah. All right, we'll see. Big week, go two and zero, and then uh, yeah, get a revenge against Tulane next week. Um, all right, a little bit of football news, Teej. Yeah. We've had a couple more. They are still hitting that portal. Uh, yeah. Got three transfers in. Tell me about them, boy. All right. I'm going to butcher this. I'm just going to get out of the way. Demir Blakumski. Blankumski? Blankumski. Blankumski. I don't know. No. The, you threw an extra K in there. I think that Blank, is too. Blankumski. Toledo. Blankumsey. Blankumsey. Whatever. 5'10", Whatever. Toledo. What was he? Third, their third leading receiver, but he didn't play in five games. So very well could have been their number one guy. He just missed yes, it, five games. Statistically, he looked great. I mean, in, in terms of 41 catches, 512 yards, it's, you know, 12.5 yards per catch, not that great. But what you're getting from him is, is he's a speedy receiver. Uh, and he brings experience. So I, I think that in its own right at a position that's kind of perhaps a little thin right now, I, I think you could say. I think everyone would agree that that's definitely a position of need right I now. I mean, it, so, yeah, it's what we've been uh, talking about the last couple of weeks is we need to see more depth, at it, just more bodies in general added to the wide receiver group. So sure. I think he was a sophomore this year, so what he's got at least mm-hmm. definitely two years, maybe three two years. left. Um 5'10", 185, like you said, speedy guy. He actually, if you if you guys are into pro football focus ratings, he rated higher than every receiver for Memphis last mm-hmm. year. Well, he was like 73.3 as his overall grade, mm-hmm. which is higher than every receiver we had on the roster. So 
seems like an upgrade. I mean, I know he only had three touchdowns, but a lot of that is also probably because he missed five games. Um, he played on a trash team. I mean, they're the uh, they're the pride of the MAC. Aren't nah, they? they were fine. They were fine. Of the yeah, MAC, they didn't kidding. they make the MAC championship? I believe so. So he is actually class of 2020. So therefore, he did not play in 2020 in college. So he does not have a COVID year. So he's only so he he's only got two the, true years left. Yeah. And then another wide receiver. And what I'm yeah, most I, pumped about, and what I've been asking for, is that size, size, my guy. 6'4", 220, Corey Gamage out of Marshall. Marshall. So, a, uh, obviously, a Crams connection there, right? Yeah, he's definitely there and played for uh, Cramsey in 2020, right? Yeah, 2020. I mean, that's a big guy, and it's it's a lot of yards, too. He was actually someone coming out of high school who had a ton of offers. I mean, and good offers, Auburn, right? Florida, yeah, Auburn, Iowa State, Miami, yeah. Florida, Iowa State, yeah, like just a ton of offers. Especially since, um, you know, around that time, Iowa State was kind of rolling. I mean, that's when they had like Alan Lazard and things like that. So they those big bodied receivers were something they were really focusing in. And uh, obviously, anytime you get an SEC offer, it, that's something that you know you normally just don't shake off. And then he ended up at Marshall. I don't know. You figure that part out. But uh, statistics-wise, uh, last season, 52 catches, 774 yards, and six touchdowns. The year before that, 78 catches, 869 for yardage, and only two touchdowns. So big body guy. I mean, by yards alone, that's obviously an improvement over – I don't want to target out Javon, but I'll just say Javon because uh, he was you know one of the starters that has left. So on paper, it looks like you're improving, right? Yeah, I mean, a guy that's played a lot of football, he's listed as a junior, so I'm taking that as he's got two years left, senior, and then fifth year. Um, but like I said, I mean, 6'4", you said it, big body dude. Like, as a target downfield jump ball guy, go get it. And he was Marshall's leading receiver last year, so obviously they like to throw it. I mean, he had 25-ish fewer catches than two years ago when Krams is there, so Krams, I think, obviously – Liked him in the offense. They went to him a lot. He seemed to be their number one guy the last two years. Had almost uh, 1,900 yards receiving and eight touchdowns over the last two years. So a guy that's put up some numbers, caught a lot of passes, played a lot of football. Um, I mean, seems to me like an an upgrade, but we'll see in the spring what he can bring. Right now where it stands in that wide receiver room, who are your starting – who are your top three guys? Uh, I definitely think Rock Taylor, I think Corey Gamage, and it's really that that uh, kind of that inside that guy slot that I question things. Yeah, that slot. I, yeah, it's, it's so easy to put in skates. Like it, I, I want to put in skates just because of who he is as a player, his ability to stretch the field. Yep. But you and I, we are Drake heads. We love Kobe Drake. You know, he is sure-handed. I think he's easy to pencil in there as well. Yeah. He's just more of that uh, possession maybe, guy, so it's like, what are they looking? Do they want more of the sure. deep threat, like skates over the top, or are they looking for somebody right at the sticks? You know he's catching it, like kind of a safety. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I, I I mean, I'm kind of in agreement with you. I think it's it's rock, gamage, and, and probably skates right now, but we'll see as we go into the spring kind of how that, that shapes out to be. I'd love to be wrong, right? I'd like to see Blakumsi get in there because he's apparently speedster a weapon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who knows? We'll see. Yeah, we'll be able to. We'll we'll see what he uh, 
what he brings in the spring. And then last but certainly not least, a position we have needed with the uh, the departure of Chris Howard. But we got our kicker, Teach, Georgia Southern. Yeah. Finally. Man, I, I felt like we were never going to get a kicker. And I, I kind of was worried that – I don't say worried because there's plenty of freshman kickers that are good. But I was kind of thinking we were going to end up with a freshman kicker. And it's perhaps someone that's maybe not so highly touted and a guy who's – Maybe spend a lot of time more more so punting than kicking, and you're kind of settling. But no, they put out Alex Rayner out of Georgia Southern. I mean, this is a guy 49 of 50 on extra points last year. So obviously 98% there, 18 of 20 on field goals, 90% there. I can't really complain. Um, Trey, anything from you? No, I mean, the only thing I would have liked to see that's a little his, – his long last year was only 46 – um, didn't didn't attempt anything over fifty, but career wise, he's zero at three from fifty plus. Uh, I think his career long is forty seven. He hit that as a freshman in twenty twenty, but um, no, I mean he's top twenty five in the nation in points with one hundred and three. You already talked about eighteen to twenty last year field goal wise, ninety percent uh, success, ninety eight on PAT. Like it's a guy that's played some college football, so good. He's listed as a junior, so yeah. again, I think that's. He's got two years, hopefully. Um, but something we talked about, we needed a kicker, and they, they went out and got somebody that's at least – he's consistent and got a good enough leg, right? I don't – you don't need him coming out banging 50-yarders every game anyway. Um, sure. So, good to good to see. He was 9-9 nine nine from 20 to 30 yards last year, 4-5 or five up to 39, and then 4-5 or five from 40 to 46. So, yeah, accurate as heck. Um We'll see. We'll see about the leg. See if we can get it up there closer to fifty, though. I mean, if we're being honest, this he kind of feels like. Um, I mean, it feels like a Chris the Howard from last. Yeah, it feels like Chris Howard. It, Chris Howard. If you go back and look at his stats at Florida, he wasn't great. I mean, he didn't. Which I have no no complaints about Chris whatsoever. No, as you shouldn't. I, fifty of fifty-two from extra points, like whatever happens. Uh, on field goals, 21 to 24. That's 87.5% completion rating. I mean, I don't know exactly the distance of the field goals that Chris missed off the top of my head, but he didn't have the strongest of leg. Yeah. But you, you kind of hope that the offense is good enough that it's going to put you in an advantageous position to to make yeah. a 30-yard field goal versus a 54. I mean, Chris, Chris's long this year was that 49-yarder that literally only made it because it bounced straight up off the crossbar and went in. So, And I never yeah. felt like this year that – Damn, he doesn't have a big enough leg that we're like, no, kind of no, shut it at all. So, feels very similar to Chris Howard. I like it. Um, again, kid that's kicked a lot at the collegiate level, and he's fairly accurate. So, I think it's a good pickup. Yeah, yeah, man, I like it. I like it. Anything else football related that we have uh, not thought about? Uh, schedule should be coming out soon. We'll see. Yeah, I'd be nice. We kind of know the games already. They came out with that last year. Maybe not the the scheduling of. Yeah, we just don't know kind of when they'll drop. I guess you know you got your out of conference already set up, and then you know who you're playing conference wise. It's just the dates now, so we'll uh, be looking forward to that. But now it's on to. uh, Let me get rid of this background. Give you all my the beer. Give you all my scary window. I think the gentle giant in here. It's blurring. Stop blurring. There we go. What'd you say that partnership is in? I can't read it because I got this sticker on here. 
Yeah, man. It's a collab. Dexterous Robotics. Giant. Dexterous Robotics. It's with Crosstown. I don't know what Dexterous Robotics is. I don't either. Probably should have looked that up. Probably something super nerdy, honestly. I don't know what it is either. Is that a local company? Oh my God, I'm guessing. I can confirm it does appear to be local. They're building nimble robots for logistics. Okay. Is that like the robot that's delivering your food at uh, El Proton? Shout out to that robot. I don't know if that's true or not. If anyone goes to an El Proton, let me know. I think it's I need to know specifically the one over off of Highland. Perfect. Campus related. Give me that thing. Um, I'd love a f- freaking robot slinging me some cheese dip. You kidding me? I liked. I liked this. It was pretty good. It's a good. This is one of the. This is definitely top two rice loggers I've ever had. I've only had two. Such a dad joke. Um, it's good. I don't. I don't know that I'm sitting down and having two of these though. Is that just because they're 16 ounces or? No, it's leaving a little bit of a, it's not the malt, it's an aftertaste. You know what I mean? Like it's ricey. It is ricey. is what you called it earlier. Uh, it is good enough. I don't know what that is. It's good enough that I'm finishing. No, it's good. I, I like it. I like the can, um, just in terms of, you know, the idea of General Giant. It's this big giant robot on the front. There's a squirrel on it. I don't know if that's a, a reference to Lucky Chompers or not. <laughs> There's a bird. I don't get the bird, but beer wise, I, I like it. I'm gonna go. Seven seven feels high. Six point eight. Okay. It's good enough. You six point eight. Nothing to write home about though. Um. Yeah. I think it's just that aftertaste, that rice. Yeah, I don't. It's giving me some hellacious burps. I have to keep muted because yeah, like I've, that way I'm not. I've just seen the. I've seen. Ear. I can. I've been able to tell that. I go mute and I'm like, <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah that's because your I'm lips are. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, it's giving me hellacious burps. Um, it's fine flavor wise, but I kind of agree with you on the back end there. But I, I think it's good enough that I would say, and I hate doing this, I'd say give it a seven. Like it's good enough. Even I like it. just make him. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. What are you gonna do? That's the score. That's what came to my mind. You know. I mean, it kind of seven came to my mind too, straight up. But I was like, I'm not. I can't just give a seven. I can't say 6.9 because then it's like, oh, it's a joke thing at that point. And I've already said 7. It's a 7. It is what it All is. All right, 6, like 8, can and 7. Um, I'm not that big of a fan of the can. And No, it's different enough. I'd like that it is uh, kind of black with like this little gray undertone, and then you kind of get punched in the face by that. Yeah, there you go. You get punched in the face by that yellow and red. I just think that's something There's different enough. There's a lucky chompers really teacher is referring to. Um, I mean, I, I think I know it's a chompers. it's a collab with uh, with a robotics company, but I just I don't know. It's not hitting home for me. I wasn't in uh, robotics or anything, so 
The can's fine. Look, I like it. I like it in the sense that I would say it's probably like a six six. I mean, I'm not saying it's blowing me away. Yeah, I mean, I was. Gonna, I just like the black and the gray mixed in with the punch yellow and red. I was gonna go like six two. It's fine. It's a fine can. Okay. Okay. I need a little more color going, though. I guess is what it what's bringing me down. That's that's perfectly fine. I seriously, the only thing that applies to me is that it's black and gray, and then you get punched with a little bit of yellow and red. It just draws my eyes to that a little bit. Yeah. So. I'm going to uh, update our Instagram with all these beers and kind of put it out there just to let you know what kind of Trey and I have been looking at, kind of where we stand in terms of our favorite beers, our favorite cans. Um, it got weird with the first episode. Trey and I did two different beers, and then we realized how quickly we would be flying through beer. So about episode two, three, I think. No, it was episode three, I think. No, you're right, two. I think it was We only two. did one. Because I think we realized... Beers. Yeah, then we realized how like that's not gonna work. Um, so yeah, episode two, we jumped on the same train, and it wasn't until like maybe five episodes in that we were like, you know what, let's start judging the can. And so we jumped into the can. I'll push that on our Instagram just to kind of give everyone a heads up and uh, just kind of see where we're at. Tell, uh, maybe uh, give you some suggestions on what tell the, to go. Tell with. the folks how they can follow us on Instagram. Oh, what is our Instagram handle? Is it at Tigers Untapped? Is that right? I don't know, dude. You created it. That's that's oh true. Oh my gosh. This is incredible podcasting. Let me jump over real quickly. We are I think it's just Tigers Untapped. It is Tigers underscored untapped. Give us a follow. So that's like a you Yeah, it is an underscore. He is correct. Check us out. You get little snippets of every episode once we get them. Boom, we push them to Instagram, which also pushes to the Facebook page. Not a lot of love on the Facebook page, but we are also millennials, so we're just not using Facebook that much for the most part. And kind of is what it is on that one. Check us out. We'd appreciate it. All right. For TJ, this is Trey. Come with the cold brew. Stay for the hot takes. Peace. If you enjoyed this episode of Tigers Untapped, please leave a like and a comment wherever you download your podcasts. Head over to BluffCityNIL.com for comprehensive coverage of Memphis Tiger Athletics. We will see you back here next week.